Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. All right, my loves, let's just get into it. This week's question is about anger and forgiveness, and it goes like this. There is so much strife, hatred, and pain going on both with yesterday's terrorist attack on the Capitol as well as in our individual lives. I recognize the importance to forgive those who hurt us, but I find it hard to release my feelings of anger. Personally, I love Oprah's sentiment about how forgiveness is not wishing X never happened, but instead accepting that things happened as they did. As much as I've come to accept and expect malicious behavior from white supremacists in D.C. or in my own family, I still hold anger towards these people. And honestly, I don't know if I want to stop being angry at them. My question is, have we truly forgiven them if we're still mad at them? Or does anger simply fuel the desire to release these people at all? Please keep my name anonymous. So, This is a really important question, and I want to unpack it on levels. The first thing is, anger is not bad. Anger is not a problem, okay? Anger is a healthy response to your boundaries being crossed or harm being perpetrated towards yourself or others, right? Anger is associated with Mars. And what we saw on January 6th, At the U.S. Capitol, it was Mars just leaving that 29th degree of Aries and moving zero degrees into Taurus. What we saw on the Capitol was violence, and it was the police letting it happen, not all of the police. Some of the police were fighting against the domestic terrorists, and some of the police were opening the gates for them. And BT dubs, Mars also governs cops. So when we talk about Mars, when we talk about anger, when we talk about the way anger feels, the way we express anger, the way other people express their anger, whether it's their words, their energy, or their actions, I want to say that first and foremost, anger is not the problem. What the problem is misuse and abuse of anger. What is a problem is when we feel entitled to our anger in such a way that we use it as a weapon against other people right, to harm other people or to harm ourselves. So anger is not the problem, but there's a couple really important things. The first thing is Oprah's quote, very good quote. I mean, you're not exactly giving us the quote, but Oprah's sentiment is a very good one. And also she's referring to things in the past. And what you're referring to in your question are things in the present, your family's poor conduct You're talking about terrorists attacking the Capitol, and it's not like they're done. Uh, It's not like they're brought to justice, and it's not like they're not planning on coming back around later this month, right? There's big plans for them to come back this month. So it's very important for us when we're dealing with spiritual or psychological concepts to really look at them just like I always say to look at astrology in context, right, in, in a synthesized way. Because the reality is, if you're not pissed off about what's happening right now, I don't know what you're feeling. I mean, there's there's grief, there's sadness, there's heartbreak, and then there's anger. And I think they're all perfectly valid and valuable because anger is motivating. You know, Mars and anger, they're associated with urgency and passion and self-defense. And when we get activated, 
when we get mobilized about a thing, right? When we engage, we are using our Mars. And you need a little bit of anger to get that done, right? You do. Not always, maybe not everyone, but generally, yeah, that's Mars for you. So that's not the problem. But when there is no resolve, when there is the energy coursing through your veins, when you're, you know, your adrenaline is pumping, that's the time when your system, when your physical system wants you to giddy up, right, and go. And if you can't or you won't, that's when that energy, that Martian energy, that adrenaline becomes a problem in your system. And it can become self-harm or it can become depression or exhaustion, uh, resentments, bitterness, and that harms you. So forgiveness, much like acceptance, is not consent. Let me say it again. Forgiveness is not consent. Forgiveness is not about letting the offending party or parties off the hook. It's about taking the hook out of your own heart. And it's very important to recognize that we cannot forgive people sometimes. And that is human. If we are talking about systemic problems, if we are talking about individual problems in our family life or, you know, something that really harmed us, we may spend a lifetime working to get that hook out of our own hearts. And you might get that hook out of your own heart or so you think, and then you may find that it's like left some shit in there, you know, and that's part of being human. And so what I want to really hold space for is there is no way to have an empathetic and kind and just heart and see what is happening now to see white supremacy in its violent and, you know, systemically empowered actions and not be hurt and not be angry and not be sad. The feelings that we are feeling are healthy feelings. When you touch a hot stove and it burns your hand, that is a healthy response that your body is having to that hot stove. And that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean you don't have to go to the doctor and get some painful treatment. But it is a healthy response to your body to burn when you touch a hot stove. And such is anger. It is a healthy response to the things that you're describing in your message to feel angry. Here's the thing, and this is an important one. It is not enough to be angry at someone else for doing wrong. It is not enough to be mad at racists or white supremacists. It is not enough to get mad at someone who's hurting you, right? We must love ourselves enough to move on. So when we're dealing with something like the terrorist attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, and the violence that has been uncorked over the last several years, but really is just a hallmark of the United States and, you know, the whole U.S. story. But really, something new has happened. The storming of the Capitol, even Confederate flags on the Capitol are new. So I want to say really clearly, it's not enough to hate white supremacy. We must embrace and love and cherish and hold dear Black people indigenous people, brown people, Jewish people, Muslims, queers, trans people, disabled people. I can keep going. But you get the point, I hope, right? We must, in our calculations of surviving this fucking mess, 
in our calculations of coping with anger and rage, tap into our love and what is not just theoretically right, but what can motivate you. It's not enough to just get mad if you want to heal and if you want to have some space inside of you. It's important to align with where we can passionately, urgently love. And that is a function of Mars as well. The key is not to forgive and forget. You know, the key is not to feel love and light and chill. That's a terrible strategy when we're talking about people waging war, whether it's in your personal life or in real time through acts of terror, right? What's important is that we allow ourselves to have all the fucking feelings we have, including anger, and to strive towards not taking in the hate and the anger and the resentment of others and making it our own as a way to protect ourselves. When somebody is cruel to you, when somebody is unkind to you, that is their problem. I want to be really clear. I'm talking about this on a spiritual level. On a spiritual level, if someone perpetrates harm against you, that means that there is something wrong with them, that they are carrying a burden in their soul that they will have to live with, that they will have to reckon with. And, you know, if you don't believe that there is anything spiritual in the world, I don't know why you're listening to me, but, you know, if you completely do not believe in any form of spirituality, this isn't going to make sense for you. But any form of spirituality that I'm aware of includes causality, consequences for living out of integrity, for cruelty. And whether or not there will be legal consequences for terrorists or, you know, the fucking terrible, horrifying people in the Republican Party who have egged on the 45 and allowed for this to happen, encouraged this to happen. Whether or not there will be legal consequences is a, a conversation for a different part of the podcast. But on a spiritual level, there will be consequences and they will not be symmetrical. You may not ever see them and it's not your fucking business because you are not Lord Mars. You are not the police of spiritual consequences. All you got to do is align with what is right and use your anger to motivate you to righteous action. That's the move. It's not to not feel the anger. It's to understand that all energy, all energy is just energy and it can be shaped. It's not necessarily easy. It's not necessarily quick, but we can shape our rage into something that bolsters what we love. We can shape our anger as a force of protection for those that are vulnerable or need support. And we can use our anger to motivate us to have clean, firm boundaries. Because when you have clean, firm boundaries, especially in the case of dealing with your family, then you're not constantly ping-ponging back and forth trying to change people who are simply not open to being changed. Where your family dynamics and your difference in values are just lobbed back and forth and back and forth. Here's the thing. I am a big fan of confronting family and having conversations with family. However, where I think a lot of people run into problems is here. On social media, it's easy to be like, you need to talk to your racist family. And that's true. But the problem is, if you don't have the skills of asking the right questions, and of talking to your family about anything, then talking to your family about this is not going to go well. I did drop an episode 
It was episode 160, and it's called Hearts and Minds, um, where I advised someone around how to talk to their, their father about social issues. And so if you haven't heard that or if you need a refresher, go ahead and listen to that Q&A. But the thing I'm trying to get at here is we must be able to communicate with people and also to understand when the way that we are striving to communicate with others is not working so that we don't burn ourselves out on situations and individuals that are not willing or open to change at all. And so then we don't use our energy and our voice where it actually can have impact. If your approach isn't working, it's time to recalibrate and find a new approach with your family. And if you don't have the capacity to do that at this moment, they're your family forever. So I encourage you to commit to coming back to this issue when you have the energy and greater clarity, when you've done more reading, when you've done more listening, when you've learned something new, and find a new way of communicating. But I will say, when we bring our rage and our anger and our defensiveness and our resentfulness to the top of a conversation with anyone, no matter how right you are, they're not going to hear you. They're just not going to hear you. They're going to defend themselves and they're going to respond to your energy. What that might mean is when you're in a state of anger or rage is not your greatest moment to have a real conversation where things change. So... Just to round up this question, let me say this, my dear. So when a thing is active, right? When a thing is actively happening and you are being actively harmed, there is a value in having the capacity to experience empathy. I don't know where this person is coming from. It must be really, really unhealthy because their values are so fucking broken, right? Being able to hold space for there's something really wrong with them. There's something really wrong in them. And I don't get it. And I don't, I don't understand it. I don't want to deal with it. I think it is wrong as wrong can be. But I can have empathy for the burden that is on their soul. While at the same time, I'm pissed off at them. While I have strong boundaries with them. Or while I fight with them. It is a difficult thing to do. And I know that we want things to be really simple. This person's bad. This person's good. But very few people are all bad or all good. I mean, there are, there are some. But for the most part, people are nuanced and complicated and people perpetrate harm because they are harmed. And that's not an excuse for them. That's not. And therefore, we don't hold them accountable. But what it is, is it's a way to hold empathy in your heart so that the burden of dealing with harmful people and harmful actions doesn't get internalized by you. Racists, white supremacists, homophobes, ableists, there's something wrong with them very fucking wrong with them. And if you have those thoughts and feelings, because most of us do, because we live in a society that is ableist and racist and homophobic and xenophobic and all these things, the parts of you that hold those, those feelings, those thoughts, those values, there's something wrong there. And that doesn't mean you're wrong. And that doesn't mean you, we need to cancel your whole you. But it does mean that there is a spiritual problem that has manifested on the mental, the emotional, and the material level. And it needs to be coped with. We need healing. And being able to hold it that way shouldn't actually make you less pissed. But it creates more space, more space inside of you so that you can hold your spiritual values. It is a spiritual and emotional way of being inside of yourself that gives you more peace 
so that you can do what needs to be done, so that you can survive, so that you can thrive, and so you can fight if that is what is called for. The Navajo Nation and Hopi Reservation are extreme food deserts with only 13 grocery stores on Navajo to serve some 180,000 people and only three small grocery marts on Hopi to serve some 3,000 people. These communities also have high numbers of elderly, diabetic, asthmatic, and cancer-afflicted individuals, which makes them all high risk for COVID-19. You can make a difference by giving back. Visit NavajoHopiSolidarity.org to learn more about the grassroots indigenous-led nonprofit organization that is raising money for families struggling with COVID-19. Find the link to both the organization and the GoFundMe page in show notes. I mean, I don't even know where to begin. (sighs) What a fucking time to be alive. Wouldn't you say what a time to be alive. This week, we're going to talk about the astrology of January 10th through the 16th of 2021. I want to, before we get into our horoscope, talk about a couple things. The first is the psychic and emotional impact that the intensity of, you know, domestic events are having on us. And to acknowledge that what happens in the U.S. is very consequential for people in Canada and around the world. The reverberations of this unrest are meaningful. It's important to acknowledge that we all have privileges. Most everybody has some form of a privilege. You may be part of the dominant religion. You may be white. You may be from class privilege. There's a, there's a bazillion ways we have privileges. And privileges are not a problem. Privileges are what they sound like. They're privilege. It's beautiful to have privilege. It's how we use our privileges. When we abuse our privileges, when we feel entitled to our privileges, when we think we deserve our privileges and others don't, that's where it's a problem. This is the time to look at how you want to use your voice, how you want to use your power and your privileges, or how you need to take care of yourself. Here at the Ghost of a Podcast Collective, of energies and peoples and hearts and minds. We meet to talk about spiritual issues. We meet to consider spiritual issues and the connectedness of things, right? Because astrology is so much about the connectedness of things, the patterns in things, and how we can use our agency to create the best possible outcomes from the moment we're in, the place we're in, the place we've come from. And because of that, it is important for me to acknowledge that there's a lot of spiritual bypassing in the world of woo. And there's a lot of helplessness and hopelessness. And some of it is really just like part of being a person in a really scary time. And part of it is a learned helplessness. If you want to get involved in being a solution to any of the many problems that are activated at this time, my loves, I invite you to fall in line with leaders and organizations that already exist and get behind their work, uplift their work, and get activated. Use your power, use your privilege, whatever it is. Use your passion. Use your skills. The truth is, silence is violence. Silence is violence when others are uplifting their voices with hateful rhetoric. 
And that said, I know because so many of you send me questions that some of you don't know how to speak on difficult things or, you know, you lose your words. And that's okay. I mean, it's not awesome for you. It's maybe not even awesome for the world. But it's not like you have to become like a public speaker overnight. That's not necessary. If you don't know what to say, if you don't know how to raise your voice, then uplift the voices of others who do know what to say. In the modern world we live in, with the internet as it is, signal boost, signal boost, signal boost. Every single one of us, every single one of us are part of what's happening right now. I want to take a moment to also acknowledge the anti-Semitism that was really on display in such an obvious and violent way from the terrorists on the January 6th attack on the Capitol. If you harbor any anti-Semitism, this is a great time to educate yourself and to check yourself. Because we move through all this shit together, or we don't move through it at all. The thing about hate is that it's easy to band people together on hate. This is all a part of a much larger process of the Pluto return of the United States, of Uranus's transit through Taurus and other major astrological events that force us to question who we value and how we express that value, who we are as individuals and how we show up in public, how we organize our governments and whether or not they are just and for fucking who. These themes are going to continue throughout the year. Well, for longer than that, but for sure, very glaringly throughout the year. And I want to just name some upcoming key dates for more civil unrest on and around January 20th, and February 26th. And if you're, you know, interested in like digging deeper into that January 20th, um, I will drop, of course, more, more content here. But my January horoscope on the kittens level of Patreon over at patreon.com slash Jessica Lignetto, always linked in show notes. I break it down in greater detail than I did in the year ahead horoscope, though, of course, if you haven't yet listened to the year ahead horoscope and you do want to have more of an astrological handle on what's going on, I invite you there. But these are two really important times that I'm I'm seeing that we can expect more civil unrest. And the energy leading up to January 20th, the inauguration, MLK Day, and the Million Militia March that the fucking, I don't know what to call them, Nazis, Proud Boys, white nationalists, white supremacists, I don't know what to call them. But they're, they're planning their Million Militia March on the 19th or the 20th of January, and they want to overtake the Capitol on the 20th of January. I'm fucking, I don't want to spread that news. But when I saw that and I see the astrology that is forthcoming, I have grave concerns. I don't know how helpful it is for me to share this. And, and here I will just say this one last thing before we get into this week's horoscope. And this is something I've said many times in various ways. But with astrology and predictions, you know, many of you reach out to me and say it was helpful to know that this was coming. You know, it's helpful to know this in advance. And for many of you, it is. And for many other of you, I imagine it sparks anxiety. The problem with predicting events in your personal life or in the world at large that you can't necessarily do anything about is that it may help you to brace. It may help you to psychically and emotionally prepare, or it may give you something to negatively obsess on. If you can find constructive actions and attitudes, if you can find something positive to bring to the conversation, then this is great information to have. But I try to pair the astrological predictions I offer with an actionable 
because I find that soothing and I find that helpful. Uh, But it's not always possible for various reasons. So I apologize that I don't have a really strong actionable on this one. And I urge you to do your own talking to your God or, you know, Googling your resources about it. Okay. So now to your horoscope. Again, we're looking at the week of January 10th through the 16th of 2021, aka nothing to see here. On January 11th, we have an exact Mercury conjunction to Jupiter and sextile to Chiron. So here's the thing. Mercury conjunction to Jupiter is a mixed bag. Let me tell you why. Mercury is, of course, communication and Jupiter is spread. One thing that I have a concern about is the spread of a little airborne virus you may have heard of, COVID-19. Here's the thing. Uh, Take great precautions. I cannot stress enough how conservative I urge you to be. I don't care what country you're in, but if you're in the United States of America, Jesus fucking Christ. Seriously, I mean it. Be incredibly conservative with COVID this week, this month, this year, but also specifically this week. Mercury conjunction to Jupiter can be associated with spread, you know, of an airborne anything. Now, the other thing Mercury conjunction to Jupiter can do is spark the mind in such a way that you are motivated to learn and to have your mind expanded. This is a beautiful fucking thing. Mercury conjunction to Jupiter can represent a moment where you learn something that really shifts a lot. So, you know, sometimes how you just like you, you read something and it just synthesizes everything together or you have an insight and it just changes your whole kind of view on something that's quite large. Mercury conjunction to Jupiter can signify something like this happening. Beautiful, right? This can encourage you to be brave around what you say, to reach out to friends and have kind of joyous connections fortifying friendships, you know, this can be a time where you really like talk to your dear diary or your therapist and you're like magic has occurred. I have achieved some some modicum of healing. And it's a beautiful thing. Unfortunately, the other side of Mercury conjunction to Jupiter is arrogance and entitlement and soapboxing, kind of telling people what they should think and not listening. This can be a time where people are yelling at each other, telling each other where they're wrong and where they're right and how they should think and not listening. And as I've said many times before, and I'll keep on saying, if all you're doing is talking and you're not listening, you cannot expect people to listen to you and you cannot be in a state of humility. And leadership without humility is a bunch of bullshit. It's just dominion. The fact that Mercury is also sextiling Chiron on this day is actually quite helpful because it brings about a little bit more tension that is supportive to healing that which is wounded because Chiron is associated with the wounded healer, right? And so when we look at this day, the 11th, the potential here, the like positive best potential is that some truth is uncovered and shared with the masses, you know? So pay attention to journalists, pay attention to independent journalists, as well as kind of like mainstream media. See where they are sharing the same stories and see where the differences are. We have to continue to be concerned about propaganda all fucking year. We need to continue to be concerned about net neutrality all fucking year. And I will say as a hot aside to the conversation of net neutrality, corporations deplatforming hate speech, to me, is fucking gorgeous. I want to see more of that shit. And it is not in any ways uh, an abuse of civil liberties as far as I'm concerned. 
but it is a slippery slope, is it not? Can we trust the gatekeepers that own the technology, that own the companies that we all spend all our damn time on? Where we get our news, how we connect with each other? No, of course we can't. If you think we can trust the owner of Amazon and Facebook, which is WhatsApp and Instagram and other things, and the owner of Twitter, I mean, you are, I don't know what you're smoking, but please pass it over here because it sounds transportive. So we want to pay attention to this space. We want to pay attention to the potential for a correct action, right? Way too late, maybe too small, but a correct action having a cascade effect that doesn't get checked. Now, Jupiter is one of the planets I look to for the spread of propaganda. And because we know there are so many kind of cults and there's so much spiritual bypassing and so much propaganda out in the world, ATM, and for a long time now, this this is a particular one where I want to watch out for platforms where hate speech proliferates. I want to watch out for misinformation and other kind of fun, fun little facts. This is also the week, just as a hot aside, that we go into our Mercury shadow for the Mercury retrograde. Fun, fun. We're just having fun. Aren't we happy it's not 2020 anymore? That was sarcasm. Sorry. I'm a Capricorn. That's what we do. A little bit of sarcasm. Speaking of Capricorn, on January the 12th, we have a new moon in Capricorn at 9 p.m. exactly. How often is that where it's like on the dot? 9 p.m. exactly Pacific time. We have a new moon in Capricorn. And as you know, new moons occur when the sun and moon are exactly at the same degree of the same sign. And we generally have one new moon per sign per year. And this is our moment for the new moon in Capricorn. Fun fact, that sun-moon conjunction involves Pluto. Pluto is at 24 degrees and the moon and sun are at 23 degrees of Capricorn. So nothing intense. Don't worry. It's going to be super chill. You won't notice it. That was more sarcasm. Okay, so I'm going to unpack this, but I want to say the other transit that is exact in this new moon chart is a Mercury square to Uranus. So let's start with the Mercury square to Uranus, okay? The Mercury square to Uranus is not far from Mercury square to Mars because Mars and Uranus are still hanging out pretty closely in the sky, and that has so much to do with the violence and unrest we are seeing in the U.S., but also around the world. And Mercury is, of course, what do we call it? Communications. So we will see surprises. News will surprise us. Something will come out of left field. Something will be revealed. You want to gossip or talk shit about someone? Uh, you better get ready for consequences because chances are high that whatever you say is going to come back to the person you're talking about or is going to come back to bite you in your sweet little buns. Mercury square to Uranus is upsetting. Now, these are the two planets associated with your nervous system and, and your processing, your processing of data. The moon is the other planet actually associated with processing, but it's more like how you digest data, how you feel about data. So all these planets are involved in this new moon chart and will be very activating and activated all damn week long, but especially on the 12th. Mercury square to Uranus creates mental unrest, it's irritability, it's restlessness, it's agitation, it's being quick to jump to conclusions. How could that go wrong? It's fighting, it's arguments, okay? And because of Mars's proximity to Uranus and therefore the square to Mercury, it's defensiveness. On top of it, Pluto, fucking Pluto. Have you heard of Pluto? I think you have. Pluto is sitting right on top of the sun and moon. The moon is sandwiched between the sun and Pluto. It's a very tight conjunction, my loves. And Pluto brings about transformation, confrontation with our shadow, 
confrontation with what is frightful, where we have resentments, rage, terror. That's Pluto. So whether you're dealing with the potential of healing trauma or having trauma triggered and activated, thank you, Pluto. This is a time where I cannot stress enough. This is not the time for you to compromise your humanity in self-defense. This is not the time to act outside of the bounds of your integrity because of Pluto and the moon and the sun being in Capricorn. It is essential that you act in a way that embodies and reflects your actual convictions and beliefs. Capricorn is so damn material, right? This new moon will have a deeply psychic and emotional impact on the collective and us as individuals. But what we do, how we show up in public, how we show up in our behaviors. So when I say in public, I'm including the things you do behind the scenes with your fucking burner phone or your weird like spam account. Okay, because it's all in public, what you do with other people. It's all part of what I'm considering public in this moment. It will have consequences. This is an important time to protect your fucking energies to take responsibility for what you're bringing to the table and how you're taking care of yourself. You have to take on everything. You have to take on everyone's bullshit. You're allowed to have boundaries. Please, I implore you. I I invite you. Have boundaries. Another thing I've been doing on my Patreon just as of last week, which is very new for me, but I've been sharing energy exercises. So if that's something that you're interested in, uh, you may want to join me over there. They're really simple, quick energy exercises exercises to protect your energy and to facilitate self-care and to do a little bit of care uh, energetically for the world or in the world. This is going to be a time to remember to practice your spiritual, emotional, psychological, and material self-care habits. I really can't stress this enough. It's not enough to collect data. It's not enough to collect spiritual ideas or self-care tricks. We got to use them. And Capricorn energy is so much about utility, right? It's about what you do. So do something constructive on this new moon. Start a new habit. What's that new habit? You got cash? Is it donating money? Is it taking a long shower and turning off the internet for two hours and like really giving yourself a break and then getting back in there and getting activated? I don't know what it is. I don't know what your life is. But I know that there's something. If you're dealing with something really personal, if you're dealing with health issues or, you know, major family drama, this is a powerful time to take responsibility for where you're at and what you're bringing to your self-care and what you're bringing to your dynamics with others. So because of Pluto's involvement, there's this push to go inwards. There's this push to do deep inner work. And the potential for healing is great. The problem is because of Mercury's involvement, Mercury squaring that Uranus, and I want to also acknowledge that Saturn and Jupiter and Mercury are sitting really tightly next to each other in Aquarius, forming a square. So the only one that's exact is that Mercury Uranus. But all five of these planets are involved in a square on this day and around and and this week. And so there's going to be a lot of energy pulling us out of our inner worlds, pulling us into the collective because of all this Aquarius energy, Saturn, Jupiter, Mercury, Aquarius, forming a square to Mars and Uranus, we're all being pulled into the world. And so now there's a bunch of frightened people dealing with triggers, dealing with trauma and having it reflected back to us in public. Yikes. So there's great potential for a lot, for a lot of really positive, creative healing change, innovation, trauma, drama, 
harming ourselves or others. If you have addiction issues, whatever they may be, understand that your addictive behaviors are symptoms of a larger issue underneath. And if you can prioritize acknowledging, staying present with, and tending to the motivating feelings underneath the addictive behaviors, you can achieve real movement with your shit, real healing. And that doesn't mean completed healing, but, you know, healing is a process. It's a practice. Engage with all of that stuff on and around the state. If you're a parent and you got kids, tend to your kids. I know that this is hard because I'm telling you to tend to yourself. But I imagine that children are going to have a particularly hard time on and around this day because of their sensitivities and how destabilized all the adults around them are. None of us are in this alone. We are all in this together. And the more that we act that way and we kind of acknowledge our interconnectedness, the better it is. And if you find yourself in a situation in your personal life where you're doing all the damn work and you have a partner who just won't show up, I want to encourage you to label that for them. Let them know because it's on you to take responsibility for what your needs are. And if a person reveals to you that they are not capable or willing of sharing responsibility with you, because again, we're talking about Capricorn New Moon, responsibility is a theme that is data that you are responsible to deal with. You don't have to deal with it per se on the 12th but you're going to have to deal with it. I wish I had a, a ponies and rainbows new moon for you. I feel like we're in line for a ponies and rainbows new moon. This is not the one, my loves. Now, one more thing I will say about this particular new, new moon is that Venus uh, over there at five degrees, uh, almost six degrees of Capricorn is forming a trine to Uranus. It's a nice little trine. It's not exact, but it's a nice little trine. It's also, I guess, widely trining Mars. So the potential of you being able to talk to people, whether they're close, deep, serious relationships or just people that you know in online community and having that be expansive and validating and kind of good for you is strong because of that particular aspect. So, you know, it's not all bad. It's not all hard. <laughs> and as you hear me say all of this in your lived experience, this may be any variety of intense or subtle some of this depends on how it hits your chart, and some of this depends on your lived experience in contrast with what's happening in the world right now. We don't want to look at astrology or any spiritual content out of context of our lived experience. And our lived experience is, of course, comprised of many, many details. So on the 13th, that Mars square to Saturn is exact. And that's the day that Venus trying to Uranus is also exact. So let me tighten up on that Mars square to Saturn. You've heard me talk about it before. Yeah, you have. Does me telling you that you got the road rage sound familiar? Mars square Saturn, I always describe the same way because I can't find a, I haven't found a better way to do it. It's like you got to get to an appointment and you are running late for that appointment, you don't really want to go, but you know you need to be there and you know you're responsible to be there and the consequences will fall on only you if you are not there. But someone's blocking your car and you can't get out and you can't find the person and maybe there's no tow truck or you're just waiting on the tow truck. Like you're just in a position where you are blocked. This is the problem with Mars square to Saturn is it's a stimming transit. It's an energy of being blocked. And in the context of the violence and the outrage that is activated at this time, this can have a really fucked up effect. Because if someone feels entitled and defensive enough, they can justify all kinds of acts of cruelty and violence. This is a great time to not engage 
with people without consideration. Don't take out your fucking frustrations on other people unless they truly deserve it. And then know that there may be consequences because, again, Saturn is consequences and Mars is actions. We are likely to see on a public stage some real fucking drama around this date. And it could be, you know, law enforcement clamping down. Wouldn't it be wonderful if it was impeachment? Maybe that's optimistic. I'm not in the market for optimism, so I don't really want to put that in your head. But it's, you know, Mars squared to Saturn could be that kind of consequence. And it could be something else. So this Mars square to Saturn is intense. And it is likely to make you feel frustrated as opposed to joyous. Mars square to Saturn, I also kind of associate it with like grinding or clenching your jaws, your teeth. Uh, Mars is associated with the jaws and Saturn's your teeth. And the clenching and the grinding is the combination of Saturn and Mars. So I want to encourage you to prioritize creating a little bit more space in your thinking and your actions for self-care because it's likely to be a frustrating and difficult time. And because of the, the speed at which Mars moves, again, we're going to feel this all week. So it's exact on the 13th, but we're going to feel it all fucking week. And that brings us to our final transit of the week. And um, I'd like to apologize in advance for this transit. It's a sun conjunction to Pluto. On January 14th, the sun will conjoin Pluto and we will feel it on the 13th and the 15th, but it is exact on the 14th. I mean, honestly, we're just going to be feeling this transit all week long (laughs) because of that new moon, but okay. So sun conjunction to Pluto is intense. Uh, And in the context of, you know, these neo-Nazis, in the context of the presidency, I mean, we can't expect peaceful responses to this energy. It's just unrealistic. And I don't mean to like predict doom and gloom or to put doom and gloom into your mind, but Pluto is not chill. Pluto is not peaceful. Pluto is not known for I'm going to accept and move on and let go. That's the potential, but it's not a peaceful feeling usually when we're dealing with a Sun-Pluto energy. Sun conjunction to Pluto is a confrontation with something about our identity or sense of self that needs to be transformed. It needs to be released. It no longer serves us. And unfortunately, the lived experience of it can often be feeling confronted by something that is frightening, something that is threatening. The opportunity here is to let go. And I don't mean let go of self-control. I don't mean let go of uh, self-care or common sense or discretion or boundaries or any of that. I mean, let go of attachment. We all have attachments to the way we believe things need to be, the way we think we're supposed to be or others are supposed to be or how life is supposed to go. We have attachments to what we have to do to prove that we're okay to ourselves, to others. And those attachments may get in the way of actually showing up, of being healthy, of healing, of growing. So be on the lookout. We can expect further drama. We can expect further clashes. And as I said, we all have a role to play. We all have a way we are on call to participate and participate in our own evolution and healing to participate in the world at large, to participate in our families and communities, right? We all have our way. And I don't want any of you to feel like I'm telling any of you to be perfect or any of you to always be on. That's not it. It's definitely not it. This is the astrology. These are the energies. This is life. You do your best. 
sometimes you got to do your best when you feel your worst. And that's in a way the most motivating, catalyzing time to do your best. Sometimes when you feel your worst, sometimes when you feel your best, you do your worst. It's fucking life. It's action and consequence. This can be a cataclysmic time of healing. But generally, true revolution, true change, transformation from the roots on up, whether we're talking about in your own evolution as an individual, or we're talking about in systems of governance, or in society as a whole, generally these things do not come easily. They do not come without struggle and pain. It maybe doesn't have to be that way, but that's generally the way it is. Do not confuse the way things are with the way things will always be. Do not confuse where you're at in this moment in your journey or where we as a society are at with a conclusive bit of data. Everything is in flux right now, my loves. Everything is in flux. We cannot expect, um, and this is something, again, I talked about much more in the Year Ahead Horoscope. We cannot expect things to stay as they are. And that's good news. It's also bad news. It's just fucking news, truth be told. Things are in a state of change and transformation and instability. And the good news of that is when the worst occurs, there's tons of energy to change it. When the best occurs, we stay vigilant, we stay present, we stay activated, we stay informed, we stay empathetic, we stay compassionate. That's the journey. That's the orientation. When you falter, it's okay. Reorient yourself. Keep on choosing the journey. It's the best we can fucking do. Every year they say the end is near.